Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Away, Lord God, your name is greater. And when we call on that name, <laughs> we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that is in us. And with that power, every situation must bow down. Every problem must flee. Every enemy will go back, Lord God, because we have the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your loving kindness. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the great, Lord God. We thank you for it because we know all things work together for the good to those who love God according to his purposes. Lord God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place and in our lives, Lord God. There's none like you. There's none like you. We can search the world all over, but there's none like you, and we need you in this day and in this hour, Lord God. We need you more than ever before, not like yesterday or the day before, not like even the hour earlier. We need you in this hour, Lord God. Great, Lord God. Great is your name and greatly to be praised. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. God wants you to know that you have the victory today. Did you hear that? <laughs> that you have the victory. Uh, Sister Laura, you encouraged me. I didn't expect to see you today, and it just blessed my soul. Uh, it really did. Because God is so great. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to make it through this. <laughs> but you really blessed me. Um, because we get news, we get things, and good news and bad news, and um, it could have been a different way. It could have been a... a it could have been something worse. And so I'm grateful for the prayers. Um, and, um, yeah, God is great. If you're ever in need of healing, know that God is a healer. Um, we have our resident miracle right here, our Pastor Taylor. <laughs> um, if you ever need remembrance of that. But even in your own lives, I, mean, I, I was running with a brother yesterday. I did six miles, and he was saying how grateful he was that he had some back issues and he was able to even run six miles. And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, that reminded me last year, 2020, um, I had a knee issue and an infection. And at one point I was in a walker. I was in the hospital for eight days. And, uh, yeah, it was God is a healer. <laughs> uh, and I know that to be true in my life. And I'm grateful that he is no respecter of persons that whatever he does for someone else, he can and will do it for you. So we're grateful for that. Uh, we're still in um, the Sermon on the Mount. I told you I'm going to be there for a long time, y'all. we <laughs> got several messages. we got probably ten, at least ten more messages in the Sermon on the Mount, at least that many. Uh, but we're at Matthew 5, uh, 27 through 32, and the title of this is Reckless Love. Um, and so we're, these are not... We're talking about adultery and divorce. This is not something uh, <laughs> popular or, you know, maybe popular in some, some aspects. But uh, we're going to talk about adultery and divorce, and then we're going to uh, flip this around a little bit uh, about his reckless love for us. But Matthew 5, 27 through 32, and it reads, You have heard that it is said, you shall not commit adultery. 
But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her, with her in his heart. So the, the root here is lust. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Uh, verse 31, it's about divorce. He said, it's, and, it, and it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So we're talking about adultery and divorce. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> like, what in the world? Uh, we're going to go there, but uh, the real meaning of adultery is lust, is the root. And so even if you haven't committed adultery, I think that everyone has experienced lust, the attitude behind the act. And if you listen to the previous messages, we talked about the root cause. God, God uh, is, Jesus is in, in, uh, wanting to get to the root of the matter, the heart of the matter. He's not concerned about these extra things out here that we look at, the exterior, but he's wanting to get to the root cause of the matter. That's why he started out with the Beatitudes and talks about uh, those things because it, it gets to the heart of the issue. And even before we talk about getting to the heart of the matter. And uh, my last message was to talk about the, who the real, the real murderer stand up. We talked about murder. And we talked about loving people less than we should and how that sometimes can be sinful. Uh, but the root here is lust. Lust is defined as uh, to long, to covet, to lust after, to set your heart upon, uh, to passionately desire. Uh, properly is to focus passion in this app, and it is aptly to build on. Uh, what a person truly yearns for, greatly desires, to long or desire very much. That is lust. Matthew 15:16 says, "Are you still so dull?" Jesus asked. "Don't you see that whatever enters your mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth comes from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts." Now, this is, he's talking about us. No, he's not talking about some, you know, vandal people. He's talking about us. Out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So they were talking about what defiled the people, and they felt like people who didn't wash their hands were defiled. And Jesus was like, come on. that's Again, we're looking at an exterior. So we were saying, oh, they didn't wash their hands. They're not clean. But God is saying, I'm not concerned about you washing your hands. That's just the least of the matter. What what the issue is, the heart, what comes out of your, what comes out of your tongue is based out of your heart. And those things, which I, which I mentioned in verse 19, is what is in our heart. Amen. amen. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to need an amen corner today. Thank you. Uh, John 1, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John 2, 16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So these things, this lust that we have in us, and, and maybe your lust isn't committing you to do adultery, but your lust maybe commit you to 
overeat, your lust may commit you to covet other things and items in this world. I think we are so materialistic, and because of the media that we consume, it's all visual, we see a whole lot, and we covet a whole lot of things. You know, you know one of my coworkers said, he posted something, he said, uh, the winner in life is the person who gets the most prizes, who accumulates the most prizes, and that is such a... Um, a worldly thinking, a worldly way of thinking. You want, I want a big house and a nice truck and, you know, this many cars. And that is such a worldly way of thinking because that is coveting so many things that don't fulfill you in the end. And do not fulfill you. Uh, so Jesus' response <laughs> seems pretty drastic. is <laughs> to get rid of anything that causes you to sin. He says, and... This is what he says. He said, cut it off. Gouge your eye out. That seems really gross, right? <laughs> it seems really drastic and extreme. But he is so disdainful of the sin that we are in sometimes that he wants us to do the extreme thing to get rid of that sin in our lives. And that may seem extreme to us, but it's just what is necessary to be with a holy God. We have to get rid of this sin. That so easily besets us. And so he says, get rid of it. Cut it off. Gouge your eye out. Cut your arm off. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 through 6 says, when Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then the 5, it says, put to death. So in Matthew, it says, cut it out. <laughs> Colossians, it says, put it to death. Same thing. If you cut it, it's going to die. Put it to death, might stab it. I don't know what you would do. Uh, but put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Then it describes some things. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because these things, the wrath of God is coming. Put to death. Now, there, there may be several ways you want to put that to death. I'm not going to go through all of those. <laughs> I'm going to have you let you have some devotion time in your personal quiet closet and decide between you and God how you want to put these things to death. Uh, but the requirement is still the same, that we must put it to death. Uh, you and I both. He wants me to kill that thing uh, that is of this earthly nature. And he wants me to be more like him. Divorce. Uh, the real meaning of divorce says, see Deuteronomy 24. I said, I said, see Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. And we're going to turn there. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. It goes through uh, some details about divorce. Uh, it says, if a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, give it to her, and send her from his house. And, after, and if after she leaves his house and she becomes the wife of another man, her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house. Or if she, he dies, then, his, then her first husband who divorced her is not allowed to marry her again after she has been defiled. Uh, that would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land of the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So it gives you some rules about divorce. I'm not going to get into all those details about that. But what I do want you, I wanted you to see how messy 
it is that these rules were done. And Jesus addresses this in Matthew 19, 3 through 9. It says, uh, when Jesus finished saying these things, he, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea and the other side of Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to test him, like the Pharisees always try to do. We might have some Pharisees in our lives that try to come and test us. That's why it's important to know the word. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And then Jesus says, haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So what, what Jesus is saying here is that, you know, I joined this together, so there should be no separation. Then they, then they respond. They said, why then, they asked, did Moses command that man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. So it was permitted because your hearts were hard, not because God wanted this from the beginning. From the beginning, he put male and female together to be one until (laughs) for life. But it is not this way from the beginning. I tell you, uh, she said, so your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. He said, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus said, Not everyone can accept this word. (laughs) So they said, Well, if this is going to be the case, then maybe we shouldn't even get married. (laughs) He said, Well, (laughs) not everyone can do that. Uh, Some of you may be able to, but not everyone can. And he said, I'm sure he said, If that's the role you choose, that's the role you choose. Uh, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who has accepted this should accept it. So he's saying, hey, this is not for everyone, but hey, that may be the case, that you don't get married. Um, Because what is going to require you in marriage, and if you're married for any length of time, you realize that, uh, you know, we talked about gouging out your eyes earlier and uh, getting rid of the thing that you're, you lust after. Uh, in marriage, you're going to have to die. <laughs> it's a slow death. <laughs> I'm 23 years into dying. <laughs> uh, but you're, it is a relationship where you realize that there are parts of you that other people don't like, namely your wife. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure there are parts of her that you may not like as well. And uh, to live in peace and unity with one another, you're going to have to kill those things. Uh, and that is the way that God designed it. And he even correlates marriage to him, relationship with him. We're, he's in a marriage with us. And we'll get to that later. Reasons for divorce in America. Basic incompatibility. That's 43%. I thought it would be different, but 40, the research says that 43% of marriages end because of basic incompatibility. Not because of infidelity, uh, not because of money or other issues, but just I'm not compatible. You would think that you would figure it out as you were dating before you got married, <laughs> that we're not compatible. But for some reason, 
They get married, and then we realize we're not compatible. And then they divorce. Um, uh, 28% uh, is for infidelity, and 22% uh, is for money issues. Good stuff. (laughs) What God joins together, let no man separate. Um, Divorce is permitted, but not commanded. Uh, Divorce is permitted, but not commanded after adultery. Even in Malachi 2.6, it says, For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed in your spirit that you do not deal treacherously in divorce. All right. So I go through that. Let me give you some backstory a little bit before we go into this next section. Um, Yeah, this was just a, this was difficult week for me in general. (laughs) Um, And just praying for different ones, healing, and um, but then having to uh, prepare a message and this message in particular because it's like, God, this is not a, you know, foot stomping, shouting, let's get up and dance kind of message. Uh, <laughs> not that that's necessary all the time, but um, sometimes you want that. And uh, so I was, I was toiling with this and, you know, kind of figuring out what, what the Lord wanted me to glean from this. And so in doing that, I looked at, you know, divorce and adultery. And what, it kept, what I kept going back to was my relationship with him. And how he is faithful. <laughs> and um, no matter what we do, <laughs> he does not want to divorce us. <laughs> uh, so God's reckless love for us. So that's what we're going to end with. <laughs> uh, because I think when you look at the earthly, how messy that can be divorce and adultery and how messy relationships are in general, um, just human relationships and how God has called us to be good to one another, <laughs> to love one another, and to be at peace with one another. Um, but in that, he reminded me how he never leaves. He's never unfaithful. He's always there for us. Jeremiah 3, uh, verse 6. And my Bible, it says a call to repentance, but I don't know what yours may say. It says, the Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree and there played the harlot. So basically she's saying Israel is prostituting herself out. She's left me and she's gone with every other God and done every other thing under the sun. Um, and not been faithful to me. Um, return to me. But she did not. Uh, and that's, I'm sorry. Verse 7 says. And I said after she had done all these things. Even after she's done all these things. Return to me. And she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Then I saw that for all the causes. For which backsliding Israel had committed adultery. I had put her. I could have put her away. And given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Judah, did not fear and went and played the harlot as well and did the same thing. So it came to pass, though her casual harlotry, 
And she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet, in all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return and did the same thing. Her whole heart uh, was in pretense. That's it. Verses 11 says, Then the Lord said to me, Backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous and treacherous than Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and return. And, and go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. After all that Israel had done, <laughs> all the treachery that she had committed, uh, the Lord still says, return. And it says, I will not cause my anger to fall on you. Actually, I'm going to jump down. I, I wrote this, uh, did it in the message. I printed out the message. Uh, verses 12 through 15, it says, turn back, fickle Israel. I'm not just hanging back to punish you. I'm committed in love to you. My anger doesn't seethe nonstop. Just admit your guilt. Admit your God defiance. Admit your promiscuous life and casual partners playing strangers into the sex and religion grows while turning a deaf ear to me, God decrees. Come back, wandering children, God decrees. I, yes, I am your true husband. I'll pick you out one by one. This is from the city, two, one from the city, two from the country, and bring you to Zion. I will give you good shepherd rulers who rule by my way, who rule you with intelligence and wisdom. God loves us. <laughs> it's a deep abiding love. And even when we are so unfaithful to him, still loves us and refuses to give us a certificate of divorce. Ezekiel 6, 9 says, Then the nations where they have been carried captive, those who escape will remember me, how I have been grieved by their adulterous hearts, which have turned away from me, and by their eyes which have lusted after idols. They will loathe themselves for the evil they have done and for the detestable practices. Um, yeah, this is good stuff, y'all. <laughs> he loves us. He is faithful and committed to us. Even we, when we have set our minds not to be faithful and committed to him, he still loves us. I'm going to jump to uh, Romans 5, 8 says, But God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, Psalms 84, 10 and 11 it says, for a day in the courts is, is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Listen to this. No good thing will he will hold from them that walk uprightly. Deuteronomy 23.5. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee because the Lord... Thy God love thee. Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loaded us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. And I'm gonna go here to Ephesians one, um, verse three, starting at verse three, says, "Praise be to God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual gift." 
every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. His grace is glorious, y'all. Which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasures, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached its fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. His, his plan is reconciliation, always. He's always wanting to reconcile with us. No matter, uh, he's the God of the valley and the mountaintop, as the song said, right? So you can be in the muck and miry, and he'll love you there and bring you out of the muck and mire. And he's the same God on the mountaintop. And he loves you there. Um, we're going to close. I want to read Luke 15. And, oh, I got some more to do. Gosh, I'm trying to be quick about this. Um, <laughs> um, let me jump to applications. Marriage is lifelong commitment of sexual faithfulness. Adultery breaks the commitment of sexual faithfulness. Divorce breaks the commitment of lifelong faithfulness. Let me say that again. Marriage is a lifelong commitment of sexual faithfulness. Adultery breaks the commitment of sexual faithfulness. And divorce breaks the commitment of lifelong faithfulness. Therefore, you should guard your heart. Even now, if you're not married, guard your heart. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Psalms 119 and 9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? Who is young in here? Ah, I'm about to be 47, so if I'm young, everybody underneath me got to be young. I don't know about above, though, but, you know. No. <laughs> but <laughs> guard your heart. Psalms 119 and 9. I like that. So write that down, young people. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So guard your heart, number one. Number two, watch your eyes. Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully on a young woman. And I'm sure that goes for any young woman as well, to not look lustfully on a young man. Make a covenant with your eyes. What does that look like? Promise not to look at anything lustfully. <laughs> and if you do, you're going to remove that thing, right? You're going to gouge it out. You're going to cut it off. You're going to say, no, I can't do that. Uh, and you're not going to put yourself in a situation where that can be uh, confronted to you. Uh, you're not even going to, I use the example, don't even be in the neighborhood. Don't go down the street. <laughs> you don't have to be down the street or in the house. Just don't be in the neighborhood of the sin. <laughs> You're in a different part of town. Go somewhere else. Psalms 101 and 3, it says, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. And vile sounds like it, like it has to be the worst thing, but it doesn't have to be the worst thing because we covet and lustful. We're lustful after a whole lot of things that may look good. 
that may look like it's okay, you know. So at work, where I work, everyone has to have a truck. I don't have a truck. I drive an old Volvo. I'm not I'm not covered in a truck either. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a country boy yet. I was born in a country, but I'm still not a country boy. <laughs> so I don't have to have a truck. But I think some guys covet that. And then, and then some guys who have a truck can't wait to get the next biggest truck. And and then they drive their truck to work, and I say, why do you drive your truck to work? It's going to get dirty, and there's a chance you're going to hit a deer because we work early, we leave early in the morning. It always happens. Somebody's going to get in the wreck with some kind of deer or animal um, at least several times a month. Go work out in the sticks of Amherst County. Um, and I was like, why are you going to bring your $80,000 truck up here? Why? <laughs> there's no way to get that salt. I work at a paper mill. It gets that salt ash on it. It gets uh, sawdust on it. It's dirty. But I think they want to show it off. I understand. I said, I'm still going to drive my beat-up Volvo. Uh, <laughs> this is already 20 years old. I said, I'm going to drive it for another 20 years until the tires fall off of it. And then I'll fix that. I know a place that will fix that, too. So, <laughs> But uh, I say all that to say people covet so many different things. Uh, and we look lustfully. And, and it's not fulfilling. Because they want, they have to the next phone, the newest gadget. I gotta have. I gotta. I, I gotta have the iPhone 12 when the 11.5 is just like the 12 or whatever it is. <laughs> I got an old prepaid phone. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's the clothes. You gotta have something name brand. We gotta have this to look a certain way and to be a certain way. Uh, we covet so much, and we are looking lustfully at so many things. And God is reminding us not to look lustful. <laughs> Somebody got whoa! <laughs> they got the iPhone, the newest iPhone. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You, it just came with the plan. It wasn't a covetous thing. It, it came with it. You know, I understand. It's good. Uh, and then the third thing: honor your marriage. Let marriage, uh, Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among you and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And let his marriage to you <laughs> be honored. I want to end with this parable because this, this kind of reminded me just how much God loves us and what he's willing to do for us. It says Luke 15, is the parable of the, the sheep. Uh, it says, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he's joyful. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to, be, to repent. He loves us so much. He's willing to leave the 99 sheep and go after us. And it says, in verse 4, it says, Suppose one of, of his has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. 
uh, and, and some commentary, it talks about how the, sh- you know, the sheep wandered off. He was a part of that pack, and he wandered off. Uh, and maybe you have wandered off. Maybe you have gotten off path. Maybe you were with the, the hundred, and you chose to go a different way. He loves you so much. He's willing to leave that 99 and go for you. He, he, he wants you to be reconciled to him. And he wants us in relationship to reconcile with one another. Uh, and that is, you know, ultimately what he wants us to get from adultery and divorce, that uh, because of his deep abiding love for us, he wants us to share that with others. In everything we do, in every way possible, and it can be so unfathomable that we could say, well, gosh, even after these things, you still want me to love this individual even within marriage? He says, yes. Because I love you. And I've given you that same love. And there may be some people in your life that have done some detestable things. Um, and not just in marriage, but outside of marriage. Some people in your life that you've kind of written off and said, you know, I don't, I don't need to bother with them. But God is saying, I love you, and I've forgiven you, and I want you to love and forgive as well. We'll get into forgiveness a little later. It's, it's also in the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> um, I want to leave you with this song. Uh, I think it's pretty popular. Probably people know it, but uh, you guys can play it, and we'll, we'll end that way and close after that. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.